On this episode, we smoke the Padron 1964 Anniversary Maduro in the Principe size 45 by 46 and we talk about timepieces of all kinds. So join us as we smoke a great cigar and enjoy some great watches. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor. Much like our wit and wisdom. What's up, everybody? Johnny Midas here on Burnline Podcast. I am joined today by Nick the Brick McCann. Nick, how are we doing? Morning, man. I'm. The U.S. is getting slaughtered in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, read pretty, about that. Pretty it's, disgusting. It's pretty brutal. And we have Jeremy here as well to share some time pieces with us. Welcome, Jeremy. Who. Uh, does not have a microphone, so sorry about that. Um, so what we're going to do is Nick is going to respond for Jeremy. Um, hey, Jeremy, how are we doing? I'm good. I have so many watches, I can't even... My pants are sagging. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cut that out. All right. Coming to you, as always, not live, from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made. Adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprises Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. The only Blanco Lounge in North America. This is Burnline Podcast, and we are ready to rock and roll. So, last week we had a um, Opus X, you know, kind of a, a rare, hard-to-find cigar. And today we are smoking a much easier-to-find, but uh, high-end cigar, the Padron 1964 Anniversary. So... Nick, uh, what can you tell us about this cigar? Yeah, I'd say equally as prestigious as the Opus. Um, I mean, obviously the name Padron carries a great weight in the in the industry. Um, the size we have is is small. You were talking about before the show how like you don't need you don't need this to be any bigger. Oh yeah, like it's yeah. just you know the quality and the construction and everything from this cigar on a, a very consistent basis is more than adequate, you know, for maximum enjoyment right. out of the cigar. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it and we've got a full slate today cause we'll be talking uh, time pieces. So why don't we go ahead and get this cigar rolling. And with that, I think it is time for the official cutting. The official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original jacked cigar by Fat Boy Cigars. And don't forget to try the new Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in these series, Fat Boy Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boys Cigars, welcome to the Fat Boys world. So we've got our Principe, again, tiny cigar, 4.5 by 46. And I have got my close-ended Perdomo double guillotine. And Nick has got his close-ended double guillotine Drew Estate cutter. And Jeremy has got a... E.P. Carrillo. E.P. Carrillo double guillotine open-ended. And we remind you to clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. <coughs> now we are just... Tapping the dottle out of the end of our cigar, getting it all nice and clean. Do you think if you if you took all the pieces from the end of your, like when you did that thing, do you think you could roll it into a cigarette? Do you think there's enough that's come out that you you have enough for a cigarette? No, I had like three 
No, no, no. I mean, like, all the cigars combined. Oh, like, in my career? Yeah. A cigar, cigarette? Yeah, I probably could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you, like, if you had collected it and put it in a jar over the years. Right, right. All right, so we're going to get these cigars uh, toasted, and while we do that, I will talk about presentation. Um, So, I think we're all ready for the official lighting of this cigar, and we remind you, as always... Toasted, not roasted. Don't want to blow away your cigar, especially one as nice as this one. And if you do fuck it up, there's not too too much cigar left to recover. So we're going to go ahead and kind of be gentle here. So while we're doing this, you know, we have mentioned on the show, like a proper toasting actually takes a while. Um, and I've left the full, I guess time in on a couple of episodes just to share with people if you're taking 45 seconds to get your cigar going that's normal don't worry about it so while these guys are taking uh, their sweet time building bonfires over here to gently toast their cigar i'm going to talk about the presentation of this padron so it has a, a very classically rustic small ooh, interesting look how furry that is yeah, Nick's showing me a close-up picture. On it's this. got like some kiwi fuzz. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, and I think I mean that's super exciting. I love a little texture to the because, mm-hmm. like you know, we think about the uh, cigar that we smoked recently that did not have as much um, textural, right, right, quality that right. Septimo was kind Get of that. like. It's like they shaved it. You know, they yeah, they took yeah. a. They took a <clears throat> One of those deep hilling razors you use yeah. on your sweater. Yeah. yeah, like they use that on the leaf. Right. Yeah. No, but this has got it, that classic uh, rustic age tobacco look that Padron is famous for, but it also happens to be like the in thing right now, although Padron has never changed. And they have their soft box press, small ring gauge format. Again, they're famous for um, the uh, double band with the, uh, the, the inner band has got the actual cigar number on it. So, yes. We are smoking individually serialized product. And then those bands are always the same on these Padrones. And then the outer band, uh, which has the individual uh, cigar on it, in this case, 1964 Anniversary Series. So I I like the uh, banding and presentation. But the main reason I like it is it's like... Uh, it's like a Rolls Royce. Like, if you see the silhouette of a Rolls Royce, you know what it is, you know? So, if they ever came out with, like, a subcompact crossover, like uh, Aston Martin tried to do with the Signet back in the back in the early 2000s, uh, you know, like, it just doesn't work, right? So, it, it's, it's an interesting sitch where Padron is so iconic and they've been around for so long that, like, they've almost defined what a luxury cigar in this space should look like. And so it's almost challenging to objectively evaluate uh, the presentation, right? It's like looking at a Rolls Royce and saying, does this look the way the Rolls Royce should, right? Are you talking about the cigar itself, the tobacco, or the branding? <clears throat> Both together. Like, the simplicity of the band. Like, there's no ribbon on the foot. You know, there's nothing fancy. It's the, the double band. That goes back to the box, too, With I the think. gold and the box, yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, kind of your, your typical all-wood constructed box, you know, with the, the brass hinges and latch. 
It's got Padron stamped on the inside with the anniversary series. It's like these these boxes across the board are the most mono monochromatic. Absolutely, yeah. They just are. Yeah. It's that it's like that beige brown mm-hmm. with the black stamped lettering. Yep. And yeah. The every, Madeira, every single one. The Madeira box is a little darker wood, which is cool than the natural, you know. But other than that, they're I literally identical. Um, and then they've got the the red ribbon with the uh, Padron in gold to keep the cigar separated. Um, as well as the spacer. I love the spacer. Honestly, the, um, it's funny that it, this looks like a box that they were making in 1964. It does. Like yeah. that, that Jose Padron was yep. making in the, in the early days, right? In um, his garage. Yeah. Yeah. With his hammer. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, and then it, it, it's funny cause it looks like the, like what sticks out like a sore thumb is the, the ratings sticker. I agree. And so it's like, they made the box first. They're like, we're going to keep these boxes forever. Uh-huh. And then they were like, oh shit, these cigars are awesome. We're getting like a lot of notoriety. We need to put something on here that's, you know, that, right. that signifies that we, you know, we're, we're, we're the bosses. Right. And so they put the, the, the rating sticker, which is just 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, you know? Yeah. Yep. A couple of 93s in there. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I noticed the sticker's not placed on there very well. Sorry, Jeremy. Let me show you. It's like up against the side here. Oh, what the heck? Yeah, like the. So, yeah, yeah, it's crooked. They don't give a crap. Um, it kind of, <laughs> it, it it does clash a little bit. You know, the color scheme obviously fits and the fonts and everything, but it's almost like, um, it's almost like if you had a coupon for a Rolex. You know, it's like whoa, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't go. You know, right. So, uh, speaking of Rolex, speaking of Rolex. Um, all right, so we've got uh, we've got these cigars lit up, and uh, again, it is a four and a half by forty six. And for those that have smoked, I guess the the sixty four or the twenty six, um, in there are many varieties. You know, the forty five year, all of that stuff. Um, but this Principe Vitola is extremely common. You know, most of the Cigar lounges I go to have got this uh, size, and there's a reason for it, which is, uh, man, I've even left cigar on this. Like I've I've been smoking it, and I'll have an inch and a half left. Yeah, you're like I'm good, and I'm yeah, yeah, very satisfying. And also, if I keep going, I might get a little green around the gills. Yeah, well, I think what's really interesting about the size too is um, short of the that. Well, I guess not short. What's well, not you know past. Past the thousand series, right? If you if you don't want to smoke a thousand series, you want to smoke a Padron anniversary in nineteen sixty four. This is the most accessible right price point, right? You know, and and that is something that uh, I think like you you referred to that a lot of stores retail stores having this cigar is because um, a lot of folks want to try a Padron mm-hmm. but don't want to spend twenty five, twenty six, twenty eight dollars right. on right. a Toro, right. um, and so this one's this one's the one you can do that with. Yeah, this is the gateway drug. So this retails for fifteen twenty five here at Union Cigar Hanover, um, which seems pretty fucking steep for a cigar that's four and a half by forty six. On the flip side, um, I can't remember meeting somebody you know who smoked one and was like, "Well, I didn't get my money's worth out of that." Oh yeah, um, there is a lot of experience and punch packed into this. I will um, say, um, recommended MSRP from Padron is a couple dollars lower than. What Union does, um, but Union's Union's generous discount programs, uh, even that 
uh, yeah, yeah. field out a little bit. So that's why it's a little bit, the sticker price is a little bit higher at Union. Um, but the, the discount programs that a lot of people qualify for um, is going to make up for that. So the, the sticker price you might see at another store would be twelve fifty for this cigar, which I think is more... More accessible. Yeah. But, but like I said, Union, Union makes it e- even with... Let me add on to that, though, which is MSRP is borderline irrelevant anymore because of state taxes and variance, right? Right. So uh, 15 minutes south in Maryland, the cigar costs more because of taxes, floor taxes specifically. Um, so I, I've seen the uh, I see the prices on all the cigars jump around. Um, but finding a, a cigar at MSRP is uh, actually kind of rare. I've seen it below MSRP. I've seen it be- above MSRP. At MSRP is is kind of uh, kind of rare. So sort of like buying a car. Um, so uh, let's talk about the construction. What this cigar is made out of. It has a sun grown Maduro wrapper. This is advertised as a Nicaraguan puro. Um, I will tell you that that sun grown with the Maduro aging is a strong wrapper and it's 46 ring gauge. So you get all of that flavor. But you know, if, if you're thinking like classic Nicaraguan spice on your tobacco, like this is it, you know what I mean? This is a strong, strong flavor, lots of spice, uh, chocolate, leather spice dominates, uh, for me, Nick, uh, what are you what are you thinking yeah i mean it's uh it's one of those that the cigar kind of looks how it tastes mm-hmm. right so this is like one of those where it's um the yeah the your eyes eat first yeah um yeah so to speak and i think yeah i think you're right definitely hints of spice there leather and chocolate for sure um i think it's only gonna get better too as we get we get in we're a quarter inch in yeah so, fair disclosure, my palate is not what it should be because I'm getting over a cold, a bad cold. Um, so, I'm a little distrustful of my palate today, right? I had to spend seven minutes scraping phlegm off my tongue when I woke give up me this that. morning. Give me that cigar. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to finish that cigar. Give <laughs> me that. How dare you disrespect <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, having said that, though, I want you to try, take a, a medium-sized uh, bunch of smoke into your mouth and then... Uh, retrohale it. Try a little bit of a sharp retrohale and then slow it down and see if you don't taste some coriander or citrus type of flavor to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not too familiar with coriander, but there were some baking spices there for sure. Um, definitely. And definitely like a hitrous, hitrous, citrus, like a citrus spice. Citrus yeah. is spicy. Yeah. Yes. So coriander is uh, a citrus kind of flavored spice okay uh it's it's like a little i don't know yellow ball about that big like pale yellow like i don't know i don't know what color to describe it as like a natural mm-hmm. um and you grind it up mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of like a peppery lemon sort of and it, it turns into a dust you sprinkle it on yeah yeah things we need a we need a rack in here we totally do <clears throat> i with, think that would be awesome with labeled yeah scents and flavors in jars yeah. and and spices and stuff like that yeah let's make that happen so we can, it's we'll call it the reference uh yeah yeah the reference shelf yeah the, the reference shelf yeah some allspice some cloves yeah. some coriander yeah we'll get something over there 
Just so, to, just to, I, I'd love to pop over in the middle of a cigar and be like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. holy crap, I am tasting mm-hmm. that." Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Get this all uh, worked out. Now, I don't, I do not have my golden Phantom of the Opera Johnny Midas installation art on the table because it's filled with wristwatches or timepieces, as sophisticated people say, that we're going to go through later. Um, but it is on top of the vending machine next to me, overlooking my shoulder in a slightly condescending way that's making me nervous. I might have to might have to turn that around. He's pointing that thing at you. He's pointing his thing at me. Yeah. He's totally pointing his thing at me. Can't tell if he's going to poison dart you or smoke a cigar. It kind of looks like he's trying to poison dart me. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Jeremy, you want to switch seats? Sheesh. <laughs> so, anyway, I brought that up because um, I think it's really easy for people, especially, you know, maybe if you're a, more of a beginner, to get blown away by the strength of this cigar. Um, but it actually has quite a bit of nuance, I think, in the flavor and the tobacco. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you a little secret, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of Padrones. I, you know my frequency of, and my buying habits because I, I shop here a lot. I don't buy them, like, what, maybe once a month, something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, adjusted for availability, I think that's probably, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. Um, and the reason is, uh, you know, like I said, my my flavor palette is uh, much more in like the floral, aromatic, Cuban type of experience. So Casa Cuba by Fuente, one of my top cigars. Um, the uh, Deus de Gloria by Fernandez, top yeah. cigar for me. So that's just my thing. To me, they, they taste uh, a little um, burnt, for lack of a better word. Well, here's the thing, J.M., if you smoked a 64 before, you smoked a 64. Like Padron has uh, f- five, six blends. Mm-hmm. They've been around for 70 years, and they have five or six blends. Right, So there's a 64, the 26, the 1000 Series, the Damaso, and then the Anniversaries, the Family Reserves, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like the family, family Reserves. So if you smoke a Toro in the 64, and you smoke a Robusto size in the 64, and you smoke the Principe size in the 64, right? Guess what? You've tasted the same blend three different times with three different sizes. Yep. But um, if you're going to go to a brand like, you know, uh, Crowned Heads or AJ, mm-hmm. who have 15 different blends. Right. And they're markedly different. They're like intentionally yeah, different. Right, right. You want, yeah, one blend to another. Right. Yeah, is, is a whole different experience. I think it, Padron's like that constant. Padron's the, um, Padron's the control group. Absolutely. Right. And one of the things that, uh, you know, like the fans of Padron that I talk to, uh, that they love is when you get a Padron, you get a Padron. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it just it has that like classic and elegant air about it. Just like if you buy a Rolls Royce, you're buying a fucking Rolls Royce. Yeah. You know, they're not going around making a fucking solar powered single seater or something. Right. You know, they're making gas guzzling planet. Ki- okay, sorry, I won't go there. Um, <laughs> they're they're making one thing and they do it really really well. It has a set floor. Yeah. But it also that also means it has a set ceiling. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So it's not. You know, you pick up a Crown Heads. A, a new crown heads, you know, the Las Calaveras you haven't mm-hmm. smoked yet this year. And it could be, it has the potential to be your favorite cigar ever. Or? Right. Or, not so much. Right. Or, right. or you'll never pick it up again. <laughs> right. But with right. the Padron, it's like, it's, you know, it's going to fit in between that kind of a, yep. yeah. I like this a lot and I love this, but, but 
but it's also it's not going to show you something that you've never seen from a padrone before. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, great description there. So, all right. So we've gotten some. Uh, we've gotten these lit, and we're, I don't know, maybe half an inch in. Uh, I've got a great burn going on here. Love this ash. I'm I'm falling in love with this ash. Um, with that, I think it is time for the tobacconist tip of the week. And now your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. Awesome. So the tobacconist tip of the week this week is about size, um, especially because we're here smoking a four and a half by forty six cigar this week. Um, and I think the the tip generally is um, don't let don't let size fool you. So we're we're enjoying the life out of this Padron nineteen sixty four Principe. Um, and this is not, I think this is something that people would avoid in the humidor because of the size. You know, they think, oh, I, I only like a bigger cigar. I only want to smoke a bigger cigar. Um, or, you know, I'll hear, oh, I have more time than that. Right. Um, like they, they equate the value of their cigar to the amount of time that they get out of it. But this is one that um, for the, the amount of time or the half hour, the 45 minutes, the 50 minutes that you smoke it, you're going to get optimum, optimum value and pleasure out of it. Um, and so don't let size be a deterrent to kind of your selections. Um, you know, yeah. And I, I guess I would add to that, like, you know, blenders create cigars in certain sizes for a reason. Yeah. And you know, like maybe you don't like big ring gauge cigars, but the inch Nicaragua, right. Um, that is an inch for a reason. Yeah. It's blended to be smoked that way. You can't get it in other Vitolas. Right. 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 You might want to try it. You might like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great uh, great call out there. Like, uh, don't let a size turn you off. Yeah. But uh, and, but then you could also say like if you if you like a certain cigar in a certain vitola, try a different one of the same cigar. Exactly. Yeah. You, you're going to get a slightly different experience, and yeah. you might you might unlock a new favorite size of that cigar. Right. Right. Um, Level twenty five unlocked. Which I think is really funny. That we're saying this because we're like. Oh, we don't really smoke anything over 52, Yeah, no, 54. both of us are like, we're small ring gauge <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah, totally. Um, but that's okay. We're, we but don't, I do. These rules don't apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. Like, I mentioned the Inch Nicaragua because I tried it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, it's supposed to be that size. Yes, um, yeah. The Inch is going to refer to the, not the length, but the get ring gauge, right? Yeah, 64, so, 64 right, ring gauge. Right, yeah. ring gauge is measured in 64 of an inch. The uh, La Tabula. The plank, yeah, DBL, yep, great cigar, seven by sixty four box press, yeah, seven sixty four box press. That's a lot of damn tobacco, yeah. And I loved that cigar, and I'm a small ring gauge guy, so I think it it uh, proves the point exactly. Yep, great, uh, great tip there. And we will come back after the break and talk about time pieces. Don't go anywhere. Keep your dial locked in the Burn Line Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Johnny Midas here with our Man on the Street segment, and I am here with a man on the street. street. Although we're not on the street, we're actually in the lounge. Uh, And what is your name, sir? My name is Jose Jimenez. We got Jose Jimenez here. Real sarcastic, son of a bitch. And uh, do you come to you come to Union Cigar Hanover often? Yes, I come three or four times. A week, and you keep coming back for Nick's personality. Is that right? Well, Nick, right? I, I can. Is good I can live with Nick to a point. After a while, though, he does get on my nerves. You got a shotgun, a shovel in a backyard. Yes. Oh yeah. And what, a deep hole. What? 
Whoa, bro. Come on, man. What's your uh, What's your favorite smoke? Uh, I like I like the Mafus. I like the DBLs. Uh, I'm smoking a good one now. The Ch what I can't even pronounce it. Chiki Chababa. Chupacabra. That's it. Very good. From Esteban Carreras. Esteban. Little yeah. little pigtail. And that's... Yeah, little has a nice little pigtail. It's a Toru. Yeah, pigtail reminds me of Nick. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Your man on the street segment. Wait a minute, I'm not done. Hi, mom. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Look at me, Lori. Look at me, Lori, <laughs> in the background. I'm leaving that And we are back. You are listening to the dulcet tones of Johnny Midas and Nick Rick on Burnline Podcast. Uncommon cigar knowledge for the common person. All right, so we are diving into timepieces. So uh, we've got Jeremy here, who is a wristwatch aficionado. Um, I like them. I've got a few. Um, Nick likes them. He has and, even. Uh, he has even less. Has even less. And uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're going to go through some of these. And I'm going to start with what is on my wrist right now because it sort of sets the tone for the conversation. I'm wearing a gold tone quartz wristwatch with uh, regular hands. It's not digital with the day of the week and the date on it. And I bring it up because this is sort of costume jewelry that I wear for the for the show, you know, because it's gold tone. And uh, it was seven bucks on Amazon. Jesus, that's why would you? So why? All right. Can I can you take it off? Can I see it? Yeah, absolutely. Why would I'll you do that? Seven dollars. Like you, this is. Would you stop at a mall kiosk and they've you bought this jewelry? No, I oh got it. Oh my from, gosh, I got it from uh, Amazon. So, um, and you know, the main reason I do that is, uh, you know, I drive a twenty-year-old uh, forerunner with a three and a half inch lift and thirty-five inch mutters on it, and you know, I'm uh, putting a new ceiling in my master bedroom today. Like I do a lot of active stuff, and I don't want to wear a nice watch that I might might pull over on the side of the road and adjust my catalytic converter or something. Um, and, so, and so, you know, it fits. But I bring it up because in today's world, we have smartphones. You do not need a watch. No. You may have a smartwatch. I have, an, I have an Apple watch that I wear at work because I can't hear my ringtone yeah. in parts of the factory, so it'll buzz my wrist. Right. Um, but other than that, you don't need a wristwatch. It is jewelry. And this, uh, you know, low quality $7 timepiece tells me the day of the week, the date and the time yeah. for nothing. Right? right. Right. That's what you can get nowadays. So we have. So this is let's let's bring age into this. Right. Yeah. Because you're almost 60. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're in your early to mid 40s. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm 26. Mm -hmm. um, so. I grew up like in the school classrooms where we had analog clocks on the wall. Right. Um, but like I have to think really hard whenever I try and read an analog clock mm -hmm. because like from the age of nine or ten on, it was digital for me. Right. I didn't grow up reading analog clocks until I was 30. Probably didn't learn cursive either. I did. I did actually. <laughs> um, but I stopped practicing like once he I got went out to of a Catholic school. I did. I did. I did go to Catholic school. <laughs> But I think that the, like the age, so I guess I mean to say I have tried so hard, like when I wear my watches to solely rely on them for time, 
like I'll think, oh, I need to check the time. And then I, I will specifically not take my phone out or not look at mm-hmm. the nearest computer screen and try and look at my watch. And it, it takes brain power for me mm-hmm. to think about, yeah. all right, so the small hand, that's the... Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'm being, I'm being completely honest. Well, so, but that's exactly where I'm going with this, which is a timepiece is jewelry now. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It is an accessory. You're uh, completing your look for the day. And look... While we're on the subject, you know, you can feel better about yourself and perform better if you put the time in to look good in the morning. You know, this is uh, well-known psychology. You know, like you can read articles about it in the the academic journals, but there's also like books about it at the common level. You know, dress for success, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You dress for the dress for the job you want. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. And it can affect how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, so I wanted to set the table with your, your timepiece is extra. It's automatically a luxury purchase because you don't need it in today's world. It is jewelry and you can get the function for nothing, which is what I'm wearing on my wrist. I mean, this is probably less than the Starbucks you have sitting over there. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so if you're going to spend money on a timepiece, then it should do something for you. It should move you. It should be something you value. And so with that, I'm going to look at my next timepiece. This is a Seiko Perpetual Calendar 100 meter. I don't know the uh, model number. It has a serial on the back, but it does not have like a model number or anything. This is a stainless steel wristwatch with a, a classic segmented band. It has the date window. Uh, does not have a day, but it has a date window. Um, it doesn't have like a, an adjustable bezel or anything like that. Um, and this timepiece was featured in GQ about 15 years ago. God damn. A great watch to buy if you can't afford a real watch. Nice. Right? Sounds like you. Yeah. Um, and my wife, who was not my wife at the time, got this for me for Valentine's Day Aww. before we were married. You got to put sound effects in. Yeah, yeah. studio audience. (laughs) Studio audience, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, And so, you know, a couple of years after, uh, and it's quartz, it's not uh, automatic. A couple of years after uh, she gifted it to me, um, it broke. So we contacted Seiko and they were like, we can fix it, but, you know, it's going to cost twice as much as buying a new one. Oh. So we didn't fix it and... uh, I hung on to it for some values. No idea. You don't. You don't even know what broke. I don't know. Some what broke. mechanism inside. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't the battery, and um, it wasn't the face. Right. Right. The glass didn't break yeah. or anything. No. It was. It was something internal. Okay. So uh, this year for Father's Day, uh, she had it repaired for me. That's so sweet. I hope she's listening. Yeah. She's not. She hates cigars. Um, oh no. <laughs> And that's why we're in the hot box yeah. and not in my living room. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> that's why I slept on the couch last yeah. night. <laughs> Brush your damn teeth. Yeah. Um, so a lot of sentimental value. Now, this is a, a nice watch and you can heft it like it's got substance to it, mm-hmm. you know, um, for a now, of course, Seiko makes nice stuff, but it's a quartz watch. It's intended to be nice without breaking the bank, you know. I think it retailed for like 200 bucks at the time or something. That's awesome, man. Um, that's a great, that's a neat story too. Yeah. And 
it looks good with anything. I can wear that with jeans and a t-shirt. It doesn't look out of place, but I can wear it with a suit as well. Yes, 100%. It doesn't look out of place. Nice black, black face, very simple. Black face? Black face of the watch. God, you're going to get us canceled. All right, can I, I got to do some real quick. Yeah. I feel like we've got to introduce Jeremy because he's taking his, taking the time out of his uh, busy weekend to, to come be with us. Do we have to? I was kind of hoping that Jeremy could be like... Fly under the radar? It, well, he could be like, everybody would be thinking about the pot. Like, they're listening to it. They're like, who's this Jeremy guy? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like, like he could be almost make-believe. Like Mr. Snurdly. 97% of our listeners who already know Jeremy are like, <laughs> God, they were so disrespectful. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to, I wanted to take a quick second to thank Jeremy for being here um, and donating, donating his time. Literally. How about that? Huh? He, he's donating his time to, yeah. yeah. Um, as we have some watches laid out here, Jeremy is uh, the resident watch and style expert really for mm-hmm. for union cigar jeremy's always dressed up um very nicely to the nines yeah it's it's pretty impressive um when he tells me his brooks brother bills i kind of oh it's fucking hilarious because he's got like these these timepieces and he brought them in a a brown paper bag from brooks brothers yeah I'm like that's so jeremy yeah that yeah, is yeah. a jeremy movie it's amazing right yeah that's awesome um really yeah, thanks good. for uh helping us out today and you know Bring in some of your time pieces to review. Um, great to have you on the show, and we've got to get a third microphone, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sharing mine because I'm getting over the plague, so don't need you uh, breathing all of that junk in. Uh, but thanks for thanks for being on the show, man. We really appreciate it. We do we do intend to have a local jeweler, a local watch purveyor, yeah, yeah. in at some point too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 try to work that out. We were going to this morning. Things fell through for all our listeners out there, but uh, we will make that happen. I think you know. I think timepieces complement cigars really well. Hundred percent. Yeah. But hey. with that being said, Jeremy is Jeremy is a more than adequate adequate replacement, and uh, and we're very happy to have him here. Absolutely. All right. So, second watching my collection real quick. This is my Seiko Solar Diver. Um. Pro Diver, and the the band is aftermarket. It's a little faded, but the stitching is gold, which matches the gold on the uh, dial bezel. And uh, I retired this as my dive watch after seven years because the company warranties their solar panels for seven years, and I don't want to be underwater and have my watch stop working. Um, it does still work. I just don't dive with it. Wait, the motion is propelled by solar? Yeah, well, the battery's charged by solar. Oh, if you turn this face down, uh-huh. which I've done before, yeah. like you, on my end table or whatever, like it will stop working. Really? Eventually, yeah. I think it has like a 24-hour power reserve or something in the back. Interesting. Um, the dial bezel is beautifully sharp. It does have a screw-down crown, again, with the gold accent. Um, waterproof. This has been in the Caribbean. This has been in the mall in Dubai, in the Shark Tank. Um, this has been in the Aegean Sea in Greece. So, old friend, and you can tell by the, the wear and tear, this is a, a timepiece that has been well used and loved. Well, what, did the, what did the first band look like? It was um, black rubber with uh, some little squiggles in it. Same, same s- style? It didn't have the stitching. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, leave it, that leave it to Jeremy to have the freaking... Yeah. 
That's awesome. Do you like this band better? I do because the contrast gold stitching looks like it came from the factory. Mm-hmm. Right? And nobody else has one like it. So. And what's uh, in Swiss francs, how much does this cost? A lot. In, um, does it? Yeah, so those are around 500 right now, I think. Okay. Uh, maybe 250 somewhere in that range. So affordable, uh, affordable timepiece. Yeah, that's not crazy. No, very serviceable for a dive watch. Um, and then uh, this is my suit watch. This is a Tissot Powermatic 1853. No, this is Swiss. This is Swiss. This is the Tissot uh, Swiss. Is this, is this a Rolex competitor? No, no. Th- this is uh, much lower. I think this was a $500 watch. Okay. It's got the skeleton hole and the glass back, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I got this on my 10th anniversary cruise when I was uh, the my wife there. The 10th year in a row that you went on a cruise? No, uh, 10th year anniversary of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I love the face. I don't know. It's kind of like carbon fiber, but it's more texture. Um it's that gunmetal gray circle where the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but nice contrast. Was, all, all these have huge faces. Very simple, beautiful. Well, this is not. This is a 40 millimeter. They don't make. Or yes, maybe, that's the smallest one. I think this is a 38. Oh, this is so nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's very slim. Um it's not as slim as it could be because of the glass on the back of it, but this is. And I just, love the bracelet, man. I'm just polished stainless. Yeah, I'm so. And you got you got a nice little pillow. Nice little pillow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not into watches because I would freaking be broke. I would be living in a box right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that looks like a that looks. So I thought that was I thought that was a series of books and manuals. Yeah, the the Tiso box. Yeah, it's, on this it's side? designed to look that way. Okay. Now, is actually, that an actual book? It does have an actual nice. book in it. That's awesome. The rest are fake. but. And then uh, my last timepiece. These are not all my timepieces. These are the only ones anyone gives a shit about or not. Um, this is my Bremont Supermarine S500, and this is my replacement dive watch uh, that I now use. This is automatic, and uh, Bremont is actually used by people that go to the North Pole and stuff like that. So that's one reason I selected it's an explorer this. watch. Yeah. Because you go to the North Pole a lot. That's why you picked it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for my annual journey to the North Pole. Around December 25th. <laughs> it also <laughs> also has day-date. And this is the, uh, the white and nautical blue, which is my favorite uh, color scheme for this. Screw-down crown, the usual. It also has a uh, pressure valve on the side of it for real diving. And is uh, ISO certified um, for what is it? Five hundred meters, I believe. Which is why it's so chunky. It does not have a nitrogen valve, so if you're into uh, deep diving, mm-hmm. uh, you can't charge it. Um, but for scuba diving, it's more than enough. So this band is like rubber. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre to me that um, a six thousand dollar watch has a, a rubber, rubber band. band yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's I guess one of the things that I was like grew up. My dad had uh, one nice watch, and it was a chain link. But nice. look at the uh, look at the face front of the watch. What is I love I love the I know it's got the the airplane yeah logo on the back. But see the depth and texture. It it's like jewelry. Like it it's, is. It's 
gorgeous. A thousand percent. What's the what's the word for watchmaking? Horology. Horology. No, no. Horology is where you like look at the planets and you try to decide your future fate <laughs> based on the alignment of Mars and whatever you're into, man. But That's it's horology, in, right? It's in uh, Mars. Study of timepieces, time baby. Oh, oh. Jeremy says horology is the study of timepieces. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure you're thinking of astrology, but I'll argue about that later. Um. So that's uh, my collection, and now we are going to dive into. That's beautiful. I want. Wait, hold on. We got to put you on. We got to scrutinize you, man. Jeremy, man. Uh, we should have. We should have made a matrix for the, for ranking watches and um, scoring them. Um. So which one? Which one out of those were your favorite? The Vermont. The Vermont. Was that the last one? Yes. Okay. With the rubber band. The five thousand dollar watch with the rubber band. Uh huh. That's so cute. That's awesome. I liked um. God, I liked the one from fifteen years ago that broke. Yeah, that was nice too. Yeah, that was really nice. It's that actually was, my favorite. That was a Seiko, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's very usable, very versatile, and it has sentimental value. And you know that that means a lot. I was thinking you're... we we could do like appearance, style, size. Yeah, we could. I mean, we yeah, could. we could totally rank wristwatches. Yeah. Anyway. On next week's episode, we are not even smoking a cigar. Well, we, I mean, we could do one cigar and one watch every once in a while. So before we jump into Jeremy's collection, why don't we touch base on this uh, cigar? And uh, Jeremy does not have a microphone, but I will uh, translate his thoughts into the Zoom H6 collector that we are using for our awesome audio here on Burnline Podcast. So... Jeremy, what are your thoughts on this Padron 1964? Sort of the gateway drug into the high-end Padrones. Oh, when I get a cigar. Right, right. So Jeremy's saying that the cocoa and leather notes are really ringing his bell. Those are his go-to notes in a cigar. So, well, this cigar delivers on that for sure. Uh, this is the one. Um, I think for me, like the... Uh, the strong, spicy flavor of the wrapper is still uh, dominant um, and definitely like cocoa and and leather. Those are the three flavors I'm getting. Um, I'm probably, I mean, I'm in the second third. I'm not halfway done. Um, it's burning tremendously well. I mean, it's like a perfect burn. I haven't had any issues. Uh, the smoke output is great. The smoke is, um, I think the smoke is on the heavy side. Um, you know, it's not... Uh, like the Opus X, the smoke was very light, right? Uh, this smoke is above average, we'll say, in strength. Like, sort of chewy on your palate, I think. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on this? Pedrone 1964 Anniversary Maduro Principe. Uh, it's great. It's super solid. I think for, like, a, a seasoned cigar smoker, having this in the morning is kind of the... Uh, I mean, it tickles my fancy because of the strength, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, it's not something that I regret smoking first thing in the morning because it makes me, you know, feel sick for the rest of the day. But I think it's like it's strong enough that um, it it lets you know you're smoking a cigar, yeah, yeah, and it wakes you up, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's not like, yeah, but it's not. So I think like the mediumness of it is yeah. very, very appealing to me right now because um, sometimes Connecticut's, you know, you get good flavor and stuff, but they're just very light, right? They can be. 
Um, but I think this one like is for a, and, and this one isn't, this is not a, right. Even though we're getting notes of spice, this is not a spice bomb, right? This is not a dark, 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 everything. This is not a Perdomo anniversary sun grown. Sure. Where it's just going to spice your palate out. Sure. Like, oh, I just sucked on a cayenne pepper. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, yeah. And it's not a, it's not an Asylum 13, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a Camacho Triple Maduro, right? This is, right. this is very, it kind of, it, it hops on its right leg and then it's left like back and forth from, you know, light to full to, you know. And it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, uh, that slight citrus note is picking up a little bit. Um, really cool, cool flavor, uh, flavor profile change as I'm smoking it, uh, especially in a smaller cigar, you know, that doesn't always happen. Um, so I appreciate that. Definitely a Padron. You know you're smoking a Padron. So. All right. So let's dive into Jeremy's time pieces. And you have a bunch, but we've selected five to review or seven, a bunch of them. So what are we starting with? Um, all you guys pick, and I'll give you a description of it. I like this one. I love this one. Yeah, I like that one too. Let's start there. Red. I just see... I see Satan. All right, so... First of all, what is this watch? Fast Rider Black Shield. This is the Tudor Fast Rider Black Shield. It's on the, and they made it on the, in partnership uh, with Ducati. And um, oh. Nice. So this was made in partnership with Ducati. It has the Ducati emblem on the side. It has a black rubber band and a matte black uh, case and crown. And let me see the face of that. Nice. Ooh, okay, so ceramic case, and it has a matte black face with uh, red hour markers and red uh, secondhand red tips to the black um, hands, and it looks like it has got three dials for chronograph uh, for Right, three uh, chronograph dials. It does have a date window, and then it has a tachymeter on the side, which makes sense with Ducati because you can use the tachymeter to actually calculate the speed of a vehicle. That's where that came from. The math is insane. Um, something that everybody should learn in case you're stuck somewhere, you know, without an iPhone and you want to know how fast something is going. No. Um, <laughs> yes. You have to do math. So this gorgeous, is gorgeous watch. This is my all black red accents. Yeah. My, it looks like Satan. Yeah. <laughs> my, my virgin watch eyes. Uh, this looks like, if Tom Cruise was going to a um, a fancy dinner in Mission Impossible Seventeen, right, and right. was chased on the way there, yeah. and like, but like survives the chase, gets off his bike, like takes his helmet off, still looks perfect, right, and he's got this right. watch on, yeah, you and know? it has a poison dart hidden in the back of it, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. All right, why don't we move to the next one, the golden silver two tone. So we've got a Rolex date just here. It has a gold face, gold bezel. Yeah, two-tone, 18-karat gold. It is two-tone, 18-karat gold. It has the classic Rolex date window with the magnifying glass. And, and it has the same case as the Oyster Quartz, but it's an automatic. So it has the same case as the Oyster Quartz, but it's an automatic. It has a gold crown. Very hard to find 
So manufactured in the seventies. Yes. Is this called uh, hard? Is, hard to find. So is collector. This, collector. Yeah, Ah, the nickname is the rare bird. Is this color scheme called champagne? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So champagne color scheme. I just I just googled it. That's how I knew that. Yeah. Um, but uh, like in so like with Jordans with shoes, um, with, this is something that Nat's Nat Fissel, if you're listening, um, <laughs> you're gonna love this. But with with Jordans and stuff like the color scheme, so so bread is is a color. It describes the color of a a shoe that's black and red. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I, do watches have the same kind of thing where they they have names for the color schemes? Like, is the green one, like, em, is, it, is it called emerald or something like that? Um, I forget the color green that they use. Okay. But uh, 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 Rolex, they have nicknames for everything. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's, like, there's, like, the inside baseball language, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the Batman watch or the Pepsi mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm. Yeah. You remember those cigars? Wow, oh, we should have had the watch cigars. The LCAs. You remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. root beer. They had the... Well, we would have those, but it's Limited Cigar Association, and you can't get them anymore. I have so. some. Yeah. Well, I forgot. No, no. no. Oh, uh, a lot of cigar companies, um, they do do collaborations. Uh, oh, the watch companies. What was the... Oh, man. I forget... Yes, that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they make a humidor for that or like yes. a box? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, um, and Fuente has one I make as well. Um, uh, uh, oh, nice. All right. So let's talk about that guy because that one's my favorite. This is gorgeous. And that's new for you, right? Yes. This is a 50 piece. They made uh, um, it, it's by. What's the what's the name of the company? I see the Sal. flag. Sal? Yes. Sal Baltimore? Yep. So local company and they made fifty of these. Yes. So this is a one of fifty. Uh chunky, this is about as thick as my Bremont. Um GMT World Time. Yep, GMT World Time. And titanium, right? Yes. I was gonna say it's a different it's, Yeah, it's it's not stainless. Uh, I love the look of titanium, and it has a meteorite dial, which meteorite you know, dial from space. Yes. What the? F- are you kidding yeah. me? So, which is why it's so light is the titanium. But the thing with meteorite, when you mill it down, is no two pieces can look the same, right? Because of how meteorites form. Uh, so beautiful, like organic kind of finish on that. Dang. Denver. Very Chicago, nice. Baltimore, Very Santiago. nice timepiece. Yeah. Wow. It's got all the cities around the world in the... Uh... Right. So it's a GMT watch, which means that extra hand points to Greenwich Mean Time. Nice. And then yeah. you can look at Greenwich Mean Time. Which is world time, quote unquote, right? Right, right. And then those other cities are, here's what time it is there. Mm-hmm. Right. You change it to which city. Yep. Baltimore's highlighted red. Yes. Yep. From Baltimore. Charm yep. City, baby. Charm City. Go Ravens. Very nice timepiece. We'll uh, post some of these on the grams. Can I take a picture of that? Let me just snap that. Put it on the Padron box. Yeah. Oh, that is sharp looking. So I love timepieces like that because, you know, like 
Rolexes, for example. Like, they've got a name, but anybody can get a Rolex. Not everybody can get that timepiece. You know, that's that's really special. That's why, the, I mean, similar with cigars, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyone, I mean, anyone, all love the Padron. Anyone can get a Padron. Yep. Right, but there's certain things that, you know, they make 500 boxes of that we, mm-hmm. we see and we have to pick up. Yep. Yeah. Saka Unicorn. Exactly, man. Yeah. All right, I think we have time for one more timepiece. Can we look at that uh, blue and red Seiko? Ooh, very nice. Is this is this a cousin to the diver one that you have, John? Yes, this is an automatic though, okay. um, and this is what a Patty diver. Yeah. Yep, two hundred meters. It has the date window. It has the classic large hands with the glow in the dark um, that matches the. Uh, glow-in-the-dark hour markers, which really helps if you're actually diving. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell a real dive watch from a fake one because a real dive watch actually is useful when you're diving. Um, typically, they have bigger hands, bigger numbers, because, you know, your your face mask, like, distorts stuff and all of that underwater. Yeah, the waters, yeah. And then... And the loom on that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the loom on it is amazing. Um, what the hell is a loom? How bright it is. The and, illumination? yeah. Dial bezel so that you know how long you're underwater, and the last 15 minutes are red. The rest of the dial is blue. That's your holy shit, I'm going to run out of air and die underwater (laughs) marker. Uh, That's why dive watches are so important. Um, And it's got a nice heft to it, man. I I really like that. Like, it's substantial. Holy shit, it's time to get out of the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I I like the... uh Bow planes twenty degrees up. We're all gonna drown. The this is rubber again. Yes. It's amazing how they can still make a rubber band look amazing. Good, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Well, and there's a reason for that on you know real dive, dive watches, watches, right? Which yeah. is salt water will absolutely rape your watch, and you can yep. tell like if you look at Jesus. this guy, like you can see how banged up. Like I've scraped this against coral and stuff like that. You know, but the salt is everywhere, and there's actually still salt in here that you know I would have to get someone to clean out. Right. You know, I clean every after every dive because mm-hmm. it's so corrosive. Um, but there's some little nooks and crannies. So a uh, you know a, a bracelet band, a metal band, just doesn't hold up when you're actually diving. So a lot of your real dive watches are going to have a, a composite band. So all right, I have one we got to look at. All right. It's in my pocket right here. It's a vintage 2006 Disney Pixar Lightning McQueen watch from the movie Cars. Well, let's have a go at it. <laughs> uh, I love the Dora watches. Yeah, well, I think it's a great point when we're talking about timepieces. Again, at this point, it's jewelry. Yeah. Right? Not everybody's going to have like the taste and sophistication of Jeremy. Um, right. But what matters is what you like and what brings you joy. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Jeremy, thanks so much for sharing some of your collection with us. And we're going to have to have a part two because I'm going to look at all of them. Um, I think we, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. We've just scratched the surface. Yeah. We haven't scratched any watches. The watch faces, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think uh, before we roll into our break, Nick, do you have any uh, cigar news for us? Cigar news. Here is your host, Nicholas McKay. Uh, one piece of somber news. Um, Conrado Placencia 
passed away at the age of 77. He was obviously a member of the Placencia family, and mm. he he ran the um, Honduras factory, mm-hmm. um, Tobacco de Oriente. Um, so he was 77. So condolences to the Placencia family. Our condolences and our thanks for all that he contributed to the cigar industry over the years. Without a doubt. Um, and I think a bit more of um, numbers news is that the Cigar Association of, uh, Cigar Association of America um, has reported that premium cigar imports into the U.S. from January to July 2023 are down 3.4% compared to the record pace that was set in 2022. Makes sense. With inflation, I just read bread is like 5% year over year, 4.5% higher. You know, Did you know that in Carroll County, home prices went up 17% year over year? Um, yeah, but I... That's why all those transplants are moving up here. But wouldn't that just mean... Wouldn't the price increase just mean domestic sales are up or, or down? Would I don't, it affect I don't know what it means, but I do know it means that people have less free cash for right. consumables like cigars. So I think it makes sense, right? So that affects the buying of the yeah. purchasers in the United States? Yeah. The big players? Yeah. Anyway, um, the, the most importantly, the numbers are still significantly above pre-COVID levels, which is good. So we saw, obviously, a... Uh, kind of meteoric 1990s type rise right right um yeah right right around the 21 22 years um and so these numbers are still up compared to that um nicaragua still has a pretty dominant um market share yeah grip on grip on imports dominican republic second honduras third um and then it's kind of a uh also ran after that what? I said it's kind of an also ran after that. Yeah, yeah. Like every, everybody else combined is like less than Honduras. Yeah, Costa right? Rica, Philippines, Mexico, yeah. Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess uh, imports are down, so you're going to see less cigars in the States. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Less, yep, cigars, have been, less cigars have been sent to yep. the United States yep. this calendar year. Now, if people are buying more slowly than the imports are slowing down, then... You know, cigar stores will be more full, right. but uh, yeah, not bringing as many cigars in. Right. So. Yep. And since we don't produce cigars here, that means less cigars. It's not like we're displacing imports by producing our own. So, yeah, very good proxy for amount of cigars on the shelves. Um, and uh, with that, we'll take our last break and come back with our uh, ranking of this Padron 1964 anniversary. Principe. And we are back on Burn Line Podcast. Johnny Midas, Nick the Brick, and Jeremy the Watch Guy. Um, thanks for sharing those time pieces. We are wrapping up this Padron 1964 anniversary Maduro in the Principe, which is a four and a half by 46 retails for 1525 here at Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. And, uh, any final tasting notes? No. Well, that was a letdown. Um, 
yeah, I mean, uh, I don't actually have much to add. You know, it's a it's a nice full bodied cigar. Didn't change a ton. Very consistent. Very consistent. Um, leather, cocoa, has that spicy sun grown wrapper. A mm-hmm. little bit of citrus, which picked up a little bit as I smoked it down. I'm in the final third. Um, super enjoyable, and I think enough. Like that's a that's a good word. It's like I'm not sure I'd want to smoke a larger version of this because I'm kind of a, I'm satiated. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when you're when you're strapped in and you're ready for one, then yes, you would want one. But like, like you said, like there's not this doesn't leave you wanting more. Yeah, I yeah. know you're gonna go out there though and put your headphones in and smoke another cigar. So. I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally gonna do that. Um, so I think it is time to rank this cigar. And why don't we do something different? Why don't we let Jeremy throw a ranking in too? You know, because we don't do ties. We always round up. Um, so we can almost have a tiebreaker on this show do something a little different for folks and if you're not familiar with the burn line ranking system we rank five vectors of the uh, cigar on a scale of one to ten add them together for a total score of 50 we do this on purpose so that you can't confuse our rankings with the myriad of hundred point ranking systems out there which if we're honest rarely go below like 88 or something so the first 88 numbers are wasted and also neither of us can count to 100 also we can't count that high yeah so and i don't want to take my shoes off so yeah we left it at uh <laughs> johnny johnny 40 toes yeah johnny johnny 20 toes uh um he said 20 toes not twinkle toes <laughs> so why don't we start out with uh, presentation as usual and i will go first i have got a presentation of nine and I will admit that uh, it's kind of one of those, like, if you're looking at a um, Outermere Pigot um, Royal Oak, like, it's so classic. Outermere Piget, however you pronounce it in French. You know, like, the Royal Oak is such a classic luxury watch that it defines how other timepieces look. And it's the same for me with Padron, where... They've almost defined what classic high-end cigar looks like. And that's one reason why I rank it so high. Yes, it's very well done, super consistent. I love the simplicity. It's elegant, but it's not fancy. Um, Almost rustic, looks like, hey, I bought a cigar from a fucking, you know, country in Central America. This is the real deal. Uh, Real throwback. The box is a real throwback to, like, classic Cuban Mm -hmm. cigars. You know, Mm -hmm. like, if you if you bought pre-embargo uh, Cohibas, um, would look similar to this. So that's my ranking. And Jeremy McBee, what have you got? I've rank, um, I've ranked this uh, I'm an eight. So Jeremy's got an eight for presentation. And Nick, what have you got? So this is this is why I love being the Gen Zer, because I can throw a different perspective in there. But I think this, this box appeals to so many... Um, classically minded cigar smokers mm-hmm. right the the old guys that's fair um and so i can be the contrarian right we have no nick yes a wow contrarian? yeah just no. because and nah. i i'm only doing this because other people think the opposite um no it, I, I think that like dude cao is putting led lights in their boxes yeah i hate it no 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we got. No, but you're right. Like we got grumpy Johnny Midas. Uh, no, but you're right. Like I'm not attracted to the super fly 
branding, for example. That's crazy, man. Right? I'm not attracted to the CAO LED lights. Right. And, and I they, don't even, I'm not even a huge fan of the street taco branding. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Well, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I'm just, it's just not yeah, my. I got gotcha. you. Um, and and this is this is where cigar smokers differ a lot, I think, and this is why this is an important ranking because, um, Padron, man, I, I hate to break it to you, Padron, you've been doing this that that's been working for you for seventy years, or seventy, sixty, seventy years. Uh, keep doing it, but like, you can do more. Seven. It's a seven. All right. So I, I want to see some like, put a hologram of Jose Orlando Padron on there. I want well, to see. Don't they do that on the Family Reserve? Mm-mm. I mean, it's not a hologram; it's a silhouette. But I want to be able to when I when I open and close the box lid, I want to be able to see like the hammer and then a portrait of Jose Orlando Padron, like uh, oscillating in and out. Oh, totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like let's and, and let's now get you're with it. Pay Forty five dollars a stick. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever, man. Whatever. Street tacos sub ten. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got an eight, and then uh, price. So we mentioned MSRP is twelve something. Um, these uh, retail for fifteen twenty five here at Union Cigar Hanover. Um, if you go south in Maryland, you'll probably pay a little bit more. And it's a small cigar; it's a four and a half by forty six. Um, so certainly for that price range, you can you have a lot of choices there. So. Uh, Nick, we will start with you this time. What are your thoughts on price? This is so funny. I might be the most inconsistent person on this podcast. Um, I give this a nine. Okay. Um, for the very simple fact that they've earned it. Yeah. So okay. over the over the history of this brand, this company, right? They built their reputation. Um, they built the consistency. They built the branding. Vertically integrated. Vertically integrated. That's right. Um, very few, one hundred percent vertically integrated companies. So they control. Yeah. Every. It, if something's wrong, it's their fault. From the band to the box to the tobacco yep. to the distribution, yep. it's everything. Um, so, I mean, my, my outlook is that they've earned this price point, right? They've, they've done it. They've been here. So they, you know, uh, they get the respect of the, of the dollar. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at all about it. And Jeremy. I have to agree with Nick with nine on the price. And Jeremy's got a nine for price as well. So I'm going to be the contrarian on this one, and I've actually got a 10 for price. <laughs> and the reason is simple, which is the uh, enjoyment that I get out of it is worth more. I would pay $20 for this wow. cigar. Holy crap. Yeah. Keep it. Um, censor that part. We don't want them hearing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Padron, yeah, don't raise your prices, yeah, Padron. Padron <laughs> fan says yeah. he would pay even more money for yeah. their cigars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the the price is superb. I mean, the consistency and the quality. And I'll tell you something else. I I've been smoking for twenty years. Uh, Nick, you were not alive twenty years ago. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy was putting a roof on a house twenty years ago. Um, but we've we've smoked cigars for a while between us. How many padrones have you had with a construction or burn issue in your life? Can't remember. Can't remember. As in, I can't remember a single instance. I can't remember a single instance either. Yeah. And I've probably smoked hundreds yeah. of Padrones. Uh, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. So given that I can pick the cigar up, I know the delicious flavors I'm going to get. I know that it's going to burn. I know that, you know, I'm not going to have construction issues. Uh, and that's why I give it a 10 is I think it's worth more than but think about how, Think about how difficult it is to do that and to build that reputation. 
Oh, for sure. You know, like that yeah. is. Yeah. And you get and you get one like especially nowadays in the viral age, mm-hmm. you get one bad box, mm-hmm. right? And it's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. It's all over the forums. Oh, Padrone's losing touch on their quality. Oh yeah. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, just the fact that they've been able to to keep it through the pandemic. Oh my gosh. And man. everything. It's 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 incredible. Yep. Props. Major props. Well, that brings us to construction, and uh, we will start with Jeremy this time. And Jeremy, what are your thoughts on construction? I'd have to give this a 10 for construction. Straight 10. Yeah. Well, mm. I'll, I'll burn line on it. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm down to my last half inch, and I'm still... It's cool enough to smoke. The burn line is perfect. It's, you know, there, there's... It's perfect enough that I can smoke it while it's this short. Okay. Um, Nick? Yeah, 10, 10's cool with me. Nick is cool with 10 as well. I think we need to normalize giving 10s on the show. I don't think so. I, I was think like, that 10 was, is perfect. If it's not perfect, you can't give it a 10. I, I completely agree. I was just thinking like, oh, I'm going to give this a 9 because it was very good. Yeah. But I was like, well, why not? Why was could it perfect? Could it be better? I, I don't know. Could it? I don't think so. I don't think it could. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think, don't think I it think, could. I, I'm very comfortable giving it. Some people I think would listen and be like, 10? What? Are you kidding yeah. me? But no, this is this is legitimately... No, I've got a 10 on construction, and typically when I'm gauging construction, I start with a 10 and start taking points off. There's nothing to take off. You know, For a, this is a small gauge box press, and the cap was perfect. I clipped it. Now, granted, I clipped it with authority. So <laughs> and you toasted it, it and not roasted and, it. And I toasted it and not roasted it. But, you know, a small ring gauge box press cigar, it's very easy to fuck up the cap. I didn't, I didn't punch it, right? I just did a regular regular clip and it's perfect there's not a shred of tobacco hanging off um it lit the way that it should you know the the foot was clean cut Mm -hmm. the consistency of the tobacco leaves on the foot which on a short cigar is harder to to do um was consistent enough it immediately combusted evenly burned all the way through no issues whatsoever beautiful ash um and i think expected from padron that level right, of, and that's quality. That's the thing, exactly. Um, so I agree. I'm completely comfortable giving it a ten. I've never smoked a cigar with better construction, so I can't not give it a ten. Yeah. And that moves us into flavor. So flavor and experience are two of our more uh, subjective elements because you know people have different palates and different experiences, but they're also the most important, right? Because this is why we smoke cigars. Um, granted, if the construction is poor flavor and experience almost can't save it you know but uh nick what are your thoughts on the flavor here of this padron this is a uh, you know real solid eight um this isn't my it's it's so weird i'll say like it it isn't my favorite flavor but um Mm -hmm. if you ask me what my favorite flavor is i can't really tell you right because cigars aren't flavored and it doesn't really work like that right um it's just like what hits the what hits the spot yeah absolutely Um, and this like hits most of the spot but not the whole thing right you know it's 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 Good to great, yeah. But it's not perfect or excellent. It's just it's a super solid cigar. Okay, fair. And uh, Jeremy, for flavor, I'd have to give it a nine. It's other than my wheelhouse for cigars. So Jeremy's got a nine for flavor. It's in his wheelhouse. So good. Um, so for me on uh, flavor, I've got a seven, and uh, I think the reason that mine is damn. The lowest score, I think there's two reasons. The first is, um, again, I just prefer the light, floral, aromatic, but but strong, you know, kind of Cuban experience. 
a classic Cuban experience, not Cuban experience these days. Hashtag topic for another show. Um, so it's not my favorite flavor profile. It's very well done, um, which is why it gets a seven because, you know, just based on my palate, it would probably be more like a six. Um, but it's superbly done for what it's supposed to be. And then uh, the other thing, you know, and I granted this is my palate, but every Padron I've ever smoked tastes a little burnt to me. Sure. Um, and maybe that's, you know, because I've smoked so many cigars, my nose hairs are singed. I don't know. Which is not unexpected. Uh, yeah. You're lighting it on fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I've got a seven there. So combined ranking of eight on flavor for this cigar. And uh, how about experience? So Nick the Brick. Um, I was, I'm trying to think of the best food analogy. The, the best one that I've come up with so far is spaghetti and meatballs, right? So this okay. isn't, this isn't like a, a 10 ounce filet, Wagyu filet. Gotcha. Right. But it's also not, um, uncle Ben's microwave oh, rice. I like it. Like it's comfort food almost. Yeah. Like spaghetti and meatballs. Like, yeah. It's a consistent go to. Yeah. Yeah. Your, you know, like that. spaghetti and meatballs from your favorite Italian restaurant. Like, you right. know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to remind you of some things that you used to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I think it's an eight, you know, eight for experience from yeah. Nick. But it's like a, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a positive ranking. I think. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, can't get a ten on everything. <laughs> um, Jeremy, experience. So Jeremy's got an eight as well for experience, and uh, I've got an eight as well. So I think we uh, kind of nailed that one. Um, yeah, I like the the comfort food analogy. Um, I think when we talk about use case, I think the, uh, use is limited. Like I'm not going to smoke this while watching a football game. Um, I'm not going to, you know, walk the dog, mow the lawn, anything like that. It's too special for that. It's a little too strong. I think for physical exertion anyway, I might not smoke it while grilling either. Um, Correct. You know, I don't, I don't want to confuse those flavors. It's a little too special for that. Yeah. But it doesn't rise to the level of like occasion cigar either. Like, you know, this is not like oh, I'm. This is my wedding night. I'm we could go. Smoke. We could go way more special with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, like a, like you know you, the classic Italian family has like pasta night Thursday night, right? And they do yeah. the you know spaghetti. Yeah, they're gonna sit down at the table and do it together. Yeah, you know the the rest of the nights they might eat a, a micro uh, oven pizza or something else, but you know Taco Tuesday. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just absolutely. gonna be that that like. In our little circle, this is the you know the one we all sit down for, and that's you know it's good enough for us. I like it. So that brings the total score of the Padron 1964 Anniversary Maduro Principe to 43. Uh, that might be the highest ranking we've had. Yeah, pretty or close. Tied, tied for it. Yeah. Um, so very good ranking from this cigar, and uh, I would just say for cigar smokers out there, if you like you know full-bodied cigars and but you don't want to smoke for two hours yeah this is a great one to pick up mm-hmm. you know 45 minutes or an hour you're done and uh perfect construction good flavor um and consistent you're always going to pick up the same cigar when you purchase these and that's all we've got for you on this week of burn line podcast thank, thank you so much for joining us thank you jeremy don't forget to reach out on social media you can email us, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to send us any of your biting commentary, and we will read it on air. Unless you don't want us to, let us know. 
And, of course, on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, X, threads, blah, blah, blah. Not Facebook because we're not that old. Uh, <laughs> a nice uh, Burnline podcast, at Burnline podcast. Nice uh, collection of pictures and stuff that we've posted. Good cigars, some bad cigars. Oh, yeah. Um, I love a bad cigar. Love the High Clare Castle that you posted. Oh, uh, that picture, man. Yeah. That's a good picture. That's a yeah. great cigar. Did you like the floating Fernandez Bella Artes? So I found a way to photograph it on top of my lighter that makes it look like it's floating above the table. It's kind of cool. You know, there was an account that used to do that. He, he was in Florida, and he used to do it on his porch. I think it was Cigar Obsession yeah. on YouTube where he would the cigar would just be hanging in the air. Yeah. I was like, did he tie it to a string or something? I always wonder how he did that. <laughs> you have to tell me your secret. When Guardium Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's some witchcraft going on. Speaking of witchcraft, grab yourself one of these padrones here on the shelf at Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. This is Johnny Midas signing off for all of us here at Burnline Podcast. Thank you. Have a great week. <laughs>